All right. Hey, let's uh, let's all pray together. Father, we were gathered in Jesus name and, and we're gathered together in Jesus name. And you've given us each other to connect with, to pray with, to uh, to fellowship with, to grow with. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And, and God, we ask that this morning together as we open up your word that that, Father, you would lead us, guide us and direct us. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen. So, I hope you guys got to pray specifically in your groups. Um, we need that. We need to be able to have other people praying with us over their things. <clears throat> I would ask specifically that you guys all pray for Vernell. Uh, about a week and a half ago, he took a, an extremely uh, brutal beating in pickleball. And I mean, even the mightiest of men would <clears throat> would be reeling from such a such a defeat. Um, the agony. I know it's got a. I actually heard rumors his wife's making him work out now. It was so bad. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Wasn't it work? It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I just wanted to, you know, present that to the class uh, for your sake. <laughs> uh, yeah you'd have been praying for me after round one but well in our series this has become kind of our theme verse for this series the children of Issachar which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do so you know we started looking at the headlines that are that we're seeing in the news and it looks like it's right out of scripture. We saw last week that to understand the times, because that's that's part of the goal. They were men that had understanding of the times. Daniel was like that. He had understanding of the times. The people that learned from Daniel over the centuries who saw the star and came to find the king that was going to be born, they understood the times. The Men of Issachar understood the times, and we can understand the times. And we talked about that last week. You want to have an understanding of the times. That means your worldview, how you see the world, needs to include times. There are different times, okay, throughout human history. Which time do you live in? And particularly where we at within that time, and we have a dispensational theology when it comes to Scripture. Like we we see divisions in the Word of God, which is why the Bible says we are to what uh, rightly divide the Word of Truth. So we need to do that. So we need a view that includes the times. You also need a biblical mindset. This is review from last week. So we need to have knowledge wisdom and understanding and last week we looked at psalm 83 and i drew a, a horrible map on the whiteboard but i labeled it so you knew what everything was 
And what we saw in Psalm 83, all the nations that come together to wipe Israel off the map so that there's no more remembrance of Israel, Psalm 83, those are all the people groups that form the nations that are surrounding Israel right now with the goal of wiping them off the map from the river to the sea. And we looked at the, so biblical worldview, that means we look at our world in light of what the Bible says. Okay, not in light of what psychiatry says, philosophy says, all the million other books out there, whatever they say. We're going to look at our world based on what the Bible says. And we saw last week, if we can do that, we can pray for all those who are involved. This is last week's. And so we can pray according to truth if we have it, okay? So we saw last week that what's being presented in the Middle East right now, not from the Bible, but from the zeitgeist, from the spirit of the times, okay, what's being presented right now is this Black, Hand, Black Lives Matter, throw off the colonists so we can have our country back kind of a mentality. You guys remember that? Okay. Well... Okay, so what happened between last week and this week? Well, Israel has to defend itself at the UN's top court against allegations of genocide in Gaza. This is from the 12th. So South Africa has brought accusations against Israel of genocide. Okay, wait, what happened in October? Israel went into Gaza and cut people's heads off and raped them and killed them and murdered them and took a bunch of hostages? No, it's actual. Now, is, is, is Israel saying we want to wipe the Palestinians off the map? No, it's the Palestinians saying we want to wipe Israel off the map and doing all these deeds. But Israel is the one who's, and the way this is happening in the world, so that it seems like the whole world is against Israel, you guys know about the U.N. soccer team, right? We talked about this. Oh, the United Nations decided to build unity in the world. They're going to have a soccer team. And they're going to get the best players from every nation in the world to form the world's best soccer team. And then someone asked the obvious question, which is what? Who are we going to play? And the president of the U.N. goes, well, Israel, of course. Uh -huh. Okay, how is it that the whole world can be against Israel when Hamas did what they did? And the answer is because this is how it's being perceived in the world, that, the, that Israel is evil colonizers who are, who are committing genocide in order to come and occupy a country that isn't theirs. Now, we know that's not the biblical narrative, right? So... Okay, so, so we, we talked about we can pray. In Psalm 83, we saw the goal is that they will come and seek God. And one of the points I wanted to make, just in, even in the introduction, this is in your handout, the blank in your handout for the introduction, informed prayer is empowered prayer. So if we know what's going on in the world according to God's word, then we can pray appropriately. Sam said something in his service. He said in terms of, Enduring hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, he said that we are engaged in warfare. We're in a battle. 
Now, if you didn't know that, you've probably already been neutralized. If you didn't know you were in a spiritual battle, and you just thought you were trying to quit sinning, or you just thought you were trying to, to do good, you've probably already been neutralized, and you're probably not going to endure hardness as a good soldier. Okay, but if you know you are engaged in a spiritual battle, that might change the way you pray, right? Especially if you know what the battle is. That's the point. It's one of the points I want to make today is that informed prayer is empowered prayer because now my prayers aren't just help me, God, to be a better person. Now I'm praying for souls. Now I'm praying for victory. I'm not just praying for the spiritual attack to go away. I'm praying for victory. There's a big difference. Okay, so informed prayer is empowered prayer. So hopefully that'll come into focus here maybe a little bit more as we go. So just by way of introduction, um, we're going to see that the, the church, not, not this church, not us, but the church, the big C church, all the believers in the whole world, are going to fail in its mission to go teach all nations, baptize, teach all nations. Train. Like we're going to fail in the Great Commission as a church. Jesus said, when, I when, the Lord, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on the earth? The rapture is when the church is taken out. However, like every steward of every dispensation, the, the church has failed to complete the job at that time. So, so one thing we need to know, though, the headlines that we're going to be seeing, that we have been seeing, indicate to us that we are in the end times and that time is running out. So people will say, well, we've been in the end times a long time. And my grandpa used to look at the headlines and say, surely Christ is going to return soon. But then it was like an occasional article, like an occasional news headline would be something that could be applied to the end times. Now it's hard not to find a headline that isn't a war, a rumor of war, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. Like there's another earthquake where in, in um, was it in Iceland? Japan had a big one. That was last week's earthquake. This week there was a big one. I think it's in Iceland. I saw the thing this morning. Um, We'll look at a few headlines today, but God is making it abundantly clear that we are ramping up toward the end. Time is running out. So for us, in terms of being people who understand the times and knowing what we should do, if we're about out of time, it, then we just need to be focused on that. We don't really need to be worrying about other things. We live godly and we trust God. In, in areas of our lives, but it's time to, to focus. There is no more next time. Like, it's, it's the end time. So let's, uh, so let's look at some things. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving the seducing spirits, and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, 
And we certainly see seared consciences today. Um, but the point is that in the times there will be a departing from the faith. Second Thessalonians 2.3 says it this way, let no man deceive you by any means for the day shall not come. Like okay, the, the Christ's, the, the judgment seat of Christ or the second coming of Christ shall not come except there come a falling away first. Now that falling away is, is another way to say apostasy or leaving the truth. So leaving a position and a stance on truth, okay, that is something that's happening today. Um, here's some headlines. Methodist Church in UK, so that's as the whole denomination, not just one church, goes woke, warning that the terms husband and wife are hurtful. So the Methodist Church in the UK has decided that husband and wife, those terms are hurtful. So you might want to say things like life partner or brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, because there's people who get triggered if you say husband and wife because they're, they, whatever. Okay, that's the church saying that. Of course, the Pope has agreed to bless homosexual couples. So we're seeing a, a time, and a lot of the articles that, that we're seeing that do relate to church or to the Bible or to religion show a great falling away within Christianity. So Gallup did a poll. They've been tracking this since uh, 1976, I believe. So most, or half of Christians, um, believe the Bible is partially true, or it's kind of true. So it's inspired by God, but, you know, it's not all accurate. It's not all authoritative. Um, and that's, that's about mid-40s. Okay, and that's been fairly stable. Okay, from the 80s all the way. This ended in 2022. Okay, that's been in kind of the mid to high 40s. That's been about the same. Those people still believe the Bible is kind of true. People that believe the Bible is the authoritative word of God. Like, in other words, you can trust it. You can live according to it. It is the Bible. This is in the United States. Um, that's gone from 29% of people, and this is actually in the 80s, from 29% down to 20%. So 20% of Americans now believe that the Bible is actually the Word of God. Okay, That's down 9% uh, since then. And then the other one I have is, is read. These people believe that the Bible is fables, is written by man. It, it just records history and human philosophy, but it's not reliable. It's not the word of God. And this number has gone from down here in the teens up to 29%. Okay, so it's gone like this. So now for the first time in U.S. history, 10% more people believe the Bible is fables than believe it is the Word of God. OK, 
Okay, and this is an alarming trend. Okay, I, I think it's probably worsened in the last few years as opposed to just because the seems like the devil is is gone like unlicensed if you will no holds barred not afraid to speak evil of god's word and society and and that sort of a thing but but there are a lot of headlines the two headlines that that made me think of the falling away were the Methodist Church in the UK, and then the Pope blessing homosexual things. The the other headlines um, that that you want to not miss out on is things related to the Antichrist's control. So everything is moving toward a system in which one guy can control the whole world, worshiping the image in in Revelation chapter thirteen. In that same chapter, the same beast, the same Antichrist, controls everybody's buying and selling. So you can't buy or sell anything unless this one guy pushes the button and allows it, right? You have to worship the beast or they're going to cut your head off. They're going to kill you. So one person has to be able to control everybody. Now, until recent years, that... You couldn't get your head around how that would work, right? I'll just go down to my grocery store with cash and, and buy a loaf of bread. How can someone sitting in a fake throne somewhere in Jerusalem control that? Well, now with the internet and all the things we see, we see a couple things. One is it's all about control. One very long ago, they were telling us how far apart we can stand from each other for the greater good. Could you imagine when you were a kid, someone telling you, hey, there's a day coming when the government's going to tell you how far apart you can stand from someone else. You'd have been like, impossible. COVID brought on the government controlling the people for their own good, telling you if you can and can't go to work, telling you you might have to wear a mask, telling you you have to get a test before you get on that airplane. I'm not saying COVID wasn't a real disease. I, I watched people die in the ER from COVID. It was horrible. I hated it. What I'm saying is our whole country, for the most part, was like, okay, we'll shut down. We'll stand six feet apart. We'll wear a mask. Just, you know, I don't want to go to COVID jail or get fined or whatever it is. So again, I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about the this control issue, right? So AI is a big thing that's coming up. Digital currency is a thing that's coming up. Are you guys seeing these things in the news or is it just me? You guys, okay. AI is all over. It's the thing of the, yeah, compliance issue. So, so climate control. It hasn't hit the U.S. as bad as it's hit Western Europe, but in Western Europe, the governments are telling farmers where they can and can't farm. So there's there's wheat farms that have been generally, like for a thousand years, this is where the farm's been, and the government's like, no, you have to shut that down. We can only have this many farms because it's it's making carbon. So again, I'm not saying climate change is or isn't real. I'm saying there's a time coming when the EPA is going to tell you you know, how big of a house you can live in and what you can and can't do because it's all about control. And we're seeing that happen on a, on a world, on a world uh, scale. 
So watch the news. There's a lot of things out there about, about that. Okay, so wars and rumors of wars. We still have Hamas, Israel, and the region. And now Sweden has told its people, brace for war. Swedish defense ministers, army commander-in-chief warns of possible armed conflict because they're right up there where Russia could, could move in there next. And so they're getting their Swiss Miss hot chocolate stores all. I was just thinking like Sweden, like that's like the least threatening country ever. They got their Swiss army knives and their. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sweden. Yeah, Sweden's got their chocolate. and That's Switzerland, too. Yeah. I don't even know what Sweden. Yeah. Volvo. There you go. The Volvo. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Sweden. I, we don't even know what you do. Yeah. got me yeah anyway even sweden preparing for war china and taiwan the the taiwan just had elections the one guy who was friendly toward china the other guy who was the candidate who was anti-china the anti-china guy won so we're looking at that that's that's made things more volatile there uh from yahoo news turkey launches airstrikes against kurdish militants in iraq and syria so if you've been following historically there's a long ongoing conflict between turkey and and the kurds who have become kurdistan but militants there so they're now there's ramped up battles between Turkey and the Kurdish militants there in Iraq and Syria. So more involvement in the Middle East. Turkey's a key figure geopolitically and biblically when it comes to, to the coming Gog and Magog war. Now, Russia, Russia is Magog, or I, I would say maybe more technically, Magog is a people group that's, that's now in the country of Russia. So that's kind of how it goes. If, if you want to look at the, the people, you, you go back to Genesis chapter 10 and you can get people groups. And then historically, we know where they went. And Magog is, is Russia. So Russia kind of has its own special place in prophecy because there's two Gog-Magog wars yet to come. One is at the end of the millennium. You read about that in Revelation 21. And, and, um, and then there's... Another Gog-Magog war described in the end of Ezekiel. So here's an article from 1121 uh, talking about the end of the friendship between Russia and Israel because Israel is attacking Syria and Russia backs Syria. So if, if I'm a Hezbollah militant in Syria, I'm going to launch some rockets and then I'm going to go hang out by the Russians. So that when Israel bombs me with one of their drone bombs, they also just bombed Russia. So that's the kind of thing that's happening. And then so we're seeing problems right now between Russia 
in Israel. So, so lots of end times type type things in the headlines still. We could open up Newsweek and just go through, and it's hard to find an article that doesn't seem like it's coming right off of out of the Bible. Okay, so I want to just talk about application briefly, and then we'll get into our small groups, because what do we do with all this? What do we do with the knowledge? Because frankly, besides praying for God to have his way according to his word, what can I do if Turkey starts bombing Kurdish people? Part of the application for us is definitely informed prayer. But the other part is to recognize that we are the church and the church age is almost over. These are signs of the end times. There will be a rapture followed by a tribulation, but we're done. Okay, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, and this is something of what I taught in the Finishing Strong series at Mission Focus, but Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, device, knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. We, we will go in the grave, our physical bodies. Actually, we'll be, we'll be transformed. We'll be translated. We'll get our glorified bodies. But the principle is, do what you can do while you can. Al went to the grave. Okay, his body went to the grave. Now he'll get resurrected. What 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 manner of people should we be knowing that the time is almost over? And so the application is let's finish strong together. Okay? Together is is what goes in the blank there. So look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want to look at some verses. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verses 1 through 8. I charge thee therefore, Paul says to Timothy, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, that's alive people, hopefully that's us, right? And the dead at his appearing and, and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Hey, latter times. When they won't, that, that's now when the world is, we have more people who believe the Bible is fables than believe it's the word of God in our country. Okay, but they, they, they will not endure sound doctrine, but will after their own lusts heap to themselves teachers having itching ears shall turn away from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Okay, well, that's them. That's them, but what about you? Okay, but thou, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So it's kind of like what Sam was preaching this morning, endure afflictions. Okay, we're just two chapters from endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, and, and no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So now two chapters later, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. I want to talk about making full proof of our ministry, but first let me just go these next three verses. Paul says, for I now, now as I'm writing this, I now am ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. 
I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Based on these verses, did Paul finish his course? He did. Okay, now he's telling Timothy to make full proof of his ministry, right? In verse 5. Okay. Was Paul dead when he wrote this? No. So the, the finish line of Paul's course, was it the grave? No. Okay. Was there a crown of righteousness laid up for Paul? Yes. Had Paul reached that yet? No, it's laid up for him. He hadn't attained it yet. When is he going to attain his crown of righteousness? The judgment seat of Christ. I think it's probably, that's when we, we're going to re receive the things done on our body, whether it's good or bad. Okay, so had the judgment seat happened yet? Okay, so was Paul's finish line the judgment seat of Christ? Okay. Was it his retirement? <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that one in there. Okay. Paul's finish line wasn't the grave. Okay. Paul's finish line wasn't the judgment seat of Christ. Paul's finish line wasn't the rapture. Had, had he been raptured out yet? No, but he said he'd already completed his course. So what was Paul's finish line? It was the completion of the course, completing the things that God had given or as he told Timothy, make full proof of thy ministry. Okay, here's the point. Let's finish. It's you and me helping each other finish the course God's given you before the grave the rapture before before time and chance happens those guys in the nursing home some of them still could probably preach the gospel to the other people in the nursing home maybe but you know what happened to them something chance happened to them time and chance happened to them they're not raptured they haven't got the grave but they they're done functionally right they're in there for a reason. Okay, here's my question. I wonder, did they finish? Did they do the things that God gave them to do? So let me just throw some things out there. You cannot finish the things that God has given you to do by yourself. You are to be compacted and fitly joined by that which every joint supplieth. You are part of the body of Christ, and, and, and I am part of the body of Christ. Do you know, literally, I cannot finish the course that God's given me to do if you guys won't finish the course that God's given you to do? Because part of what God's given me to do is to develop the living well class into a group of people who are going and baptizing and training and teaching and serving and loving and evangelizing. We need to be a functional unit that's part of making disciples according to how God's given us. That's part of my, what God's given me to do. 
if you guys won't do that, then that it's literally impossible for me to do what God told me to do unless, unless you guys are going to do what God told you to do. Very practical piece of advice for you. This is, this is on your handout here. Plan a getaway with God. So let someone else watch your phone for a minute, a day, half a day, whatever. Take a pen, a notebook, and your Bible. And just go get alone with God, okay? Sudi, you just want to take your Bible, a notebook, and a pen, and just, you, not your kids, not your work, and you just go get alone with God, okay? And, and here's our prayer. God, see, there's God. He's going to, like, Paul, you get rid of the phone, and you just get alone with God, and you say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And then you just listen. Just li- just, and then you, you got your notebook, you got your Bible. I would just start in your daily reading where you are and just let God lead you, speak to you through his word and as you pray and interact with him. Okay? And if we don't ask that, then how do we know even what our course is? We know it's part of making disciples as part of his local church. We know that. But what exactly is your course? Because there's a difference between your course and the race that is set before us. We don't pick the race. The race was here before we ever got saved. Okay? Discipleship, the, the establishing and furthering the kingdom of God is what we're called to. But you want to do that, and then you want to make full proof of the things that he's called you to do. With that, Sam talked about enduring hardness, and I don't need to, to repeat that, but, but you sometimes we don't get help when we need it. And then we complain that we don't have the help that we needed. Okay. So if you need help with certain aspects, things are really hard for me and they're easy for you. My Excel spreadsheet because I can never print right, right? Why is that so hard? Christine's like, that's easy. I'm like, yes, you know. Anyway, there's things that you need help with, and that's that's what I'm here for. That's what your Bible study leader is there for. That's what your discipler is there for, is to, to help you get the help you need when you need it. It might be tech help. With LFBI, it might actually be like, like uh, learning, like you need a tutor with, because people, some people have dyslexia. It might be getting help with your budget. Okay. So whatever it is, it may be relationship wise. Okay. Don't be so proud that you let that one thing that God gave you so that you need help. <laughs> that thing is supposed to guide you into fellowship to get the help that you need so that we can do this thing together. It's not supposed to be a hurdle that you never... story is, man, I had a race and I had my course within it and I started running it and then there's a hurdle and I just quit. God's like, I gave you like 10 people in your life to help you get over that hurdle. Yeah, I know. I was too proud to get help. So I just, I just stopped. We all, we, we have to, 
together, and that's God's design to keep you humble, to keep me humble. So, so let's, let's move forward together, but get the help you need when you need it. Okay, I got a hurdle. I need, I, can anyone run an Excel spreadsheet? Okay, yes, thank you. Okay, good. So now, now, now we're working together. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. Okay, now, the second thing here, it's, it's, it's kind of overlaps a lot with the first one. Because informed prayer is empowered prayer, we, both, we must be both students of the Bible and men and women of prayer. I know people who, oh my goodness, do they have a handle on this book? And they don't know how to pray. I got other people, man. We got relatives who love Jesus and they're all about prayer. But I can't agree with some of the stuff. They like it's they don't know their Bible. They don't know the times. Their 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 prayer is not actually empowered because they're just like just talking a lot. Maybe not even in our language. I don't know. But but we want to both know the Bible and be people of prayer. And if we can be both of those things, oh my goodness, that is, is when the prayers of God's people, I think, will be, will be practical. Keith, can you hold up that book for me? Did you guys pick up your books? Patrick took the last book. Okay. Make sure I post with that. Hey, make sure, can they get more? And I think they're going to try to get more. You can also, I download my complete kit download on your Kindle. Yeah. Okay. That book is really good at describing what I just described, that, that empowered, that, that informed prayer is empowered prayer. And if we know what the devil's done in the lives of people, then we can pray biblically, okay, with God's heart for that wayward person who God loves so much. Okay, we know the wiles of the devil. We can pray specifically against them. Okay, so this is going to require us getting to know each other it's going to require us praying specifically. I mean, we've got a, a friend in Kenya, and she's struggling to find a job. Would there be anybody who would labor with me in prayer for Diana to get a job in Kenya? Okay, I got 6 a.m. 8 a.m. 4 a.m. 9 a.m. 7 a.m. 5 a.m., 10 a.m., noon. Heather gets up at noon. <laughs> Can it be Can it a little more random than that? Yeah. I'm just saying, if, if I don't put an alarm on my phone, I forget. So we're praying for Diana to get a job. Now, if God needs to work in her heart and mind to get her to that place, then then let's pray informed prayers, okay? Let's pray that God would work in and through Diana to bring her to the place where she has a good job um, for her and, and her kids. So, 
Praise the Lord. Put, 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 that, put that alarm in your phone and we can remember to pray for Diane. Um, but then because we have to know the Bible, okay, you need to, to figure out what the next step for you is and take that step so that we're always growing and moving forward. There is no stagnating. You're either moving forward or you're moving back. So that may be, ba that may be salvation, maybe baptism. And it may be this cost of discipleship class or discipleship. It may be joining a Bible study or F23 or Living Faith Bible Institute. It may be plug, getting plugged in to service and ministry. But here's what I know. The headlines indicate we are running out of time. And there's a point coming in which it's going to be too late to do any of these things. So let's, let's, let's break up into our small groups. We've got 10 minutes to pray. And I would just say, try to identify, is there a next step for you? And then when I say Bible study on here, I mean class Bible studies. Christine and I are going to start a Bible study. We're going to start a Raytown or a East Side Bible study. Maybe we'll call it that or something like that. So we're going to be starting that Bible study. Heather has a neighborhood Bible study she's doing. Tim has a men's Bible study here at the church. Scott Scott has a spiritual growth Bible study that they that they do down south. So you want to be a part of a of a Bible study if you can in order to and if you're in discipleship and you can't cuz you work all the time, that's that's fine, but you you know there's a time coming, the trumpet's going to sound. It's like, ah, oh, I should have started that Bible study. Should have gone to that Bible study. It's going to be too late. So anyway, get into your groups. Let's pray. If you are part of a Bible study, get get in with that group. So if you're in Scott's Bible study, go ahead and, 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 and go back there. Um, and, and then if not, then uh, I'm going to be up here. If you think you're going to be part of that, Eastside Bible study, we can we can just be a small group right up there. I'll close this out in 10 minutes.